Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Erin Patton here. All right, folks, today's episode is an extra special good one. We talked to Shelly Swisher. Shelly is one of the contributors to the Relate and Educate book. Rick talked to her and interviewed her for the book and her chapters was her chapter was one of my favorites. It just so much heart and feeling in it and I was so glad to get to talk to her and for me to get to finally meet her and she was everything I expected her to be. She's wonderful. Man, the way she talks about her kids and the relationships and forming those genuine connections and how important that is, her eyes well up with tears, her heart, you can just see it growing. She's so impassioned about being there, being what her kids need her to be and being, you know, just this awesome teacher that she is. And she really is. She's so wonderful. Um, Shelly has a wonderful story about how she got into education that I can't wait for you all to hear. It's such a good story. And then she just has so much wisdom and so much experience and just so much insight as to into her students and you know each year into her new group of students and you know she has intentional goals that she wants to meet with them and it's cool it's cool and what I really loved especially about Shelly is she gave so many concrete examples of how to do the things that she's talking about how to form these intentional meaningful relationships with your kids and why it's so important so she just is a wealth of information for you all and you are going to absolutely get something out of this episode because it was just such a great one so enjoy this episode with Shelly Swisher Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. So, Rick, how's your day been today? A busy one? Um, not really. It's really <laughs> from two thirty until now. It's been very busy, but other than that, it's been very low key. So, which is great. Which because, is great. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been crazy. Just mm. bananas. A good breather. Yes. Me and my dog, we hung out this morning. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Me and Shelly have been talking all about her teaching in Arizona, and it's already over 100 degrees there. Yeah. Holy smokes. You're in Mesa still, yeah? Yes. Okay. How is it? One more year. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Well, that's, that's my plan anyway. We'll see. Yeah. Where are you going after that? I am coming back to Oklahoma. Yay! Hopefully back to VA and um, hopefully back to VA high school and back to where my kids are. So. Oh, I hope so. You're going to come back and teach. Yes, I will have to come back because I got in on Oklahoma's 90 year. Yeah. Um, plan and not the 80 because in Arizona it's 80. So I, if yeah. I've been here, I could have retired five years ago from Arizona. But um, oh, wow. yeah, so I plan up five years, I'll be vested here. And then I'll come back to Oklahoma and teach 
I think it's four more years, three to four more years, and then I'll retire from there. Okay. Nice. You had put over 30 in when I talked to you. So where, where are you at now? I am finishing my 31st year this year. Okay. Wow. Holy smokes. <laughs> 31st year. Which I is, love that. it just doesn't happen much anymore, you know? It doesn't. And yeah. it breaks to, my heart. Yeah. To the point where I'm asking people that have gone 30, um, like, how do you, how'd you do it? Like, you know, how, how are you able to do it? And so many others, like the, the younger teachers, you know, they're bowing out after four and five and 10 years. So it's, it's, it's an interesting issue that mm -hmm. uh, probably needs to be talked about a little bit more, maybe. Yes, I, I think so. And in fact, I, um, just last month, I interviewed for the here in Arizona, they have superintendents of counties here in mm. addition to the State Department superintendent. And so I've interviewed to be on his like advisory board, I guess it would be. And that's yeah. one of the things that I brought up that we have got to start talking about retaining teachers. What, mm -hmm. why are these teachers leaving? Why are they not staying? Because um, we've got some really good teachers, but our young teachers just are not staying. We, we're losing a phenomenal Spanish teacher this year, and mm. she's going to work for a pool company in their accounts receivable yeah. department <laughs> simply because, one, she can make more money doing that, and, two, it doesn't take nearly the time. Yeah. Um, you know, she says, I'm tired of working every weekend wow. and you know, doing lesson plans. And I'm like, we've got to change that if, if we want public schools to, to thrive and remain, we, we've got to start having those conversations. hundred percent, hundred percent. Agreed. Feels like we've already gotten into the what into the podcast. <laughs> I know we totally have. We we haven't it. talked about the beginning stuff though, so I do want to get to like you know the start of how Shelly yeah. Swisher became Shelly Swisher, you know all that stuff. But um, how uh, how did you get into education? What was the path there for you? Well, it was in a roundabout way, like so many. I grew up in a very poor home and um, education was not a priority at all. And my parents, my dad did not graduate from high school, um, or if he did, it, it was through a GD, GED program type thing. My mom graduated, but she, to use her words, by the skin of her teeth. Mm -hmm. she, it just was not, um, education was not a priority. My grandparents on my mom's side both had a first and fifth grade education. Um, and my grandparents on my dad's side, I'm not even sure that they made it to fifth grade, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was just one of those situations. And so my grandpa signed his name with an X for years. And um, I, when I was young, I just, I remember asking my mom, why does, why does he not sign his name? And she explained to us that he didn't know how to, to write. And um, so we taught him, my cousins and I, we, we taught him how to write his name. And in his later years, he could actually sign his name. That was about all he could could do. But um, I and he could do that because you were his teacher. You <laughs> taught him that. He always called me his little teacher. That's what even when yeah. I, you know, right before he died, even he was um, still calling me. That's my little teacher. That's my little oh, teacher. And yeah. so 
um, he was quite proud that he, you know, was the first grandchild on either side of the family to, to go to college and graduate and, and make education a priority in my life. But I, because we were so poor, I decided that I was not going to do something that wouldn't make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make money. I'm going to you know, make sure that my kids have money and that we can keep the electric bill paid and propane in the, in the tank and that sort of thing. And so I had started out doing accounting and, um, and this was after Mrs. Wilkie, my, my teach sophomore English teacher had gotten me to school in the first place because that's okay. whole, that was the part of the story that it was in the, in the book. Um, but I actually started in accounting and then when I met my husband and we got in, got to talking about marriage and I got to thinking about a family, I was like, no, oh, I need a, I need a job that will allow me a little more flexibility and not make me work so many hours. Well, someone should have said, <laughs> you, you thought I should be a teacher. <laughs> if someone had just said, wait, wait, wait. Um, and yes, you get summers off and yes, you have the same, you know, clock schedule as your children, but um, no one told me about the hours on the weekends and, and in the evenings and that sort of thing. But anyway, that's when I changed my major to English. It was always gnawing at me. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I was going into accounting was the money aspect. And so it didn't yeah. take a lot of pushing to, to make me switch to, to back to English education. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, so tell us about Mrs. Wilkie then. You mentioned her, and I've read about her in the book. I want to hear all about her. Yes, she's amazing. Um, still still living, and I, I get to see her in a few weeks when I go home. She was my How best wonderful. friend's mom okay. and in high school, and so I was at her house a lot And so growing up. But she was my sophomore English teacher, and, and when I was a sophomore, Again, I mean, education was not a priority. My plan was to just graduate from from school. I heard my friends talking about college, but it was really never in the back of my mind that it was a possibility that I could go. I knew my parents couldn't pay for it, and I honestly did not know how it even all worked. I did not know what a credit hour was. I didn't know how you enrolled in college. I didn't know anything about it, and neither did my my parents. And, that's that's um, true. I, I've talked to, I actually, talked to a teacher years ago who was struggling with uh, school loan debt because she went to a school that was very expensive, but she was the first person to go to college in her, in her school. And she was given, you know, that, that school as an option and she didn't know any better and Mm -hmm. became a teacher and Mm -hmm. came out of that school with over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. The reason I say that is because there is a natural bar of entry on college, whether it's the verbiage, the language, the paperwork, the money, um, and you either catch it on the front end or the back end, right? Exactly. Uh, if, if you don't have somebody that can walk you through it. So when you were saying that, it just reminded me of that conversation I had with uh, this teacher who I will not mention their name, <laughs> but go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, no, I that, that's fine. It just, and I think that it's something that as teachers and that I definitely remember. And I tried to, to bring those things up all through uh, the year for my kids who come from families who don't know what college is, who, whose families have not had that experience and they can't answer all the questions. And so 
when we talk about what do you want to do past high school, and I, and I will casually bring up those kinds of things, because I did not know. And Mrs. Wilkie would always talk to, I mean, she and her husband were both teachers. She, her dad was a, a principal, and her mother was a librarian, and her grandparents were teachers, and so it was just understood that Mrs. Wilkie's kids were going to college. There was never any other choice at that point. And so it was talked about when we were at her house all of the time. Mm -hmm. And of course, being sophomores in high school, we start you know, having those conversations a little more often. And one day she said, where are you going or what are your plans? And I'm like, I'm just gonna go work. And she's like, no, you, you need to go to college. And she started having those conversations with me and I don't remember exactly how it all transpired, but I will tell you, she helped me fill out my college application, which back then there was there were no computers, so we did it all mm -hmm. by hand. We we went uh, we mailed them together. She even once I was accepted, she helped me fill out all the um, financial aid. She explained all of that to me. She was the one that helped me. We are members. Uh, I am member of a the Cherokee Nation tribe mm -hmm. and so she's like the indians the, the their nation will give you money she says i'm sure there's money there for higher education and sure enough there was and so she was able to introduce me to all of that and even went with me to enrollment because again i had no idea and so we sat on the campus of Northeastern State University with Mrs. Wilkie there, and she was walking me through along with the college advisors telling me what to, <laughs> what to enroll in, and this is what she thought I should do, and, and all of those things. And so it, it's because of Mrs. Wilkie that I am, I am a teacher, that I'm a college graduate, and it's because of her that I'm definitely an English teacher. Shout out to <laughs> Mrs. Wilkie. Yes. Big time. Awesome. She, she, yeah, I, I told her that I was buying a copy of the book for her uh, <laughs> as soon as I could get, get the book ordered and, and paid. And so I've, I've done that. I said, she, she's, she's just so honored. She did not yeah. realize. I mean, she was just doing what most teachers naturally do, mm -hmm. you know, just encouraging and inspiring their kids. And um, she had no idea. <sighs> Sorry. The uh. difference that she was going to make in my life. Yeah. And, you know, she would have done it for every single student she had. I'm sure she did. I'm just sure I don't know half the stories of right. the people that she, you know, inspired, which is what we hope as teachers, you know, that we are making a difference. I always say that only in eternity will we know the difference that we truly made. We get right. the blessing every now and then of, of kids writing us a thank you note or coming back and, and saying it was because of you, you know, X, Y, Z, but I really don't think we'll ever know as teachers the impact that we, we make. And I, and I think that's one of the things that has kept me, kept me in it for 31 years, mm -hmm. you know, that knowing that I am making a difference, even though I may not see it every single day. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift when you can hear from a student to get that yes. feedback. Because most of the time, that loop never gets closed. You just don't know. You right. Know. Well, and it's so awesome that, you know, sometimes it's the kids that you you had no idea. You didn't even know that you were reaching them. And mm -hmm. they'll send you a little note. Like last week, I was out um, for an appointment, and I was sending the kids 
Oh, we have the Remind app. I'm not sure if you are familiar, mm -hmm. but the Remind app. And so I was messaging them going, you know, making sure that they're behaving for the sub and reminding them what they need to do because subs bless their hearts. We love them, but they don't always follow lesson plans exactly. <laughs> and, uh, reminding the kids that, you know, we're on a time crunch. We have no days for you to, you know, take a day off with the sub and, and, one of these young ladies who is not doing too well in my class that I really was not even sure that I was making any kind of impact, um, messaged back and said, we love you, Swishy. And I was oh. like, well, I had to read it twice because I'm like, wait, that's, <laughs> who is that's this? young lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so again, it's just that little reminder. And it always seems like when I'm ready to quit, you know, when we're ready to give up, when we're ready to bang our heads against the cement walls of the classroom, you know, that something like that will happen to remind us, this is why we're here. You right. know, it's not, it's not necessarily about the paycheck, although the paycheck would be nice if it were larger and should yes. be in so many cases. Um, but it's about the kids and the impact that we're making. That That's really important. Yeah. When you have gone back and had conversations with Mrs. Wilkie, you know, since high school, what has she said, you know, like she knows your story. She knows what an impact that she has had on you. She now gets to read about it in the Relate and Educate book. <laughs> <laughs> but what does she, in her memory, what does she look back on on you? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm curious what her side of it is. Well, when I was... Um... I had the honor five years ago of being Broken Arrow High School's Teacher of the Year, and so we have this big banquet. Uh, Broken Arrow High School does that upright for sure, or Broken mm. Arrow District. And so we, each Teacher of the Year, each Campus Teacher of the Year gets to invite guests to fill their table for the evening, and they have a dinner, and there's an announcement of the top five, and, um, and then the winner. And I had Miss Wilkie I was so honored that she got to come and be with me that night at my table. And um, she says, she says, Shelly, I don't remember doing most of what you're, you're saying that I'm doing, that I was doing. She goes, I encouraged you. Yes, you know, I remember encouraging you. I remember telling you you need to go to college, that you were definitely smart enough to, to succeed. But she, she does not remember a lot of the little details um, and again, I think that's because she was doing what was natural to her, yeah. doing what a lot of teachers do, and that's just inspiring every kid, you know, trying to make a difference in every kid and trying to, to make sure that every single kid is loved and appreciated and inspired and, um, you know, encouraged to go out and, and make the most of, of life and, and do what they are meant to do. And, so she, she doesn't remember the details. And I was like, are you serious? You don't remember taking me to Northeastern? I said, I remember almost every minute detail of that day. <laughs> That's like, funny. I don't, you know? It's um, just in her. She was just, like you said, just being her. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, again, I think she's a great representation of most teachers. And I, I wish that were the... Um, the reputation yeah that teachers what the public had. saw yeah yeah i wish okay. they could see see all of the little things that add yes. up to to major things because i think we could turn around the you know the the reputation the thoughts 
of of the public toward teachers because right now it's it's pretty negative yeah well that's the thing is that teaching the value in teaching is in the relationships and you can't quantify that and right. you can't the teacher can't even know how impactful they are day to day right. and so how how could anybody else know that you know and so it's that's why we thought it was so important just to start talking to teachers just to hear and what we found was that teachers tend to point to uh, someone like Mrs. Wilkie to be like I'm mm -hmm. a teacher because of that teacher you know and just this relay of caring uh, for kids for students well, and I would venture to bet that if you were to write a book about lawyers or write a book about doctors or write a book about accountants, that most of those te those people in those professions would point to a teacher in their mm. life who said, they inspired me, they told me I could. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, true. I think it was, I can't remember who said it, but we interviewed them on this podcast. I think it might have been Jennifer Beasley from... University of Arkansas, but she said that education is the profession that makes other professions. Yes. You know, and I like that a lot. <laughs> I like I that a lot. I think it's true. I, I think 90% of them would point to someone in their career, and maybe not even in elementary or middle school or high school. It might be somebody, you know, a teacher in college mm -hmm. that pointed them and inspired them to, to do that profession. A particular career so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important I just wish we could you know change change the way teachers are are seen yeah I know because they are the best people I know teachers every teacher in my life is the best people I know just this weekend we were throwing my little sister a bridal shower and like half of the people there are teachers you know me and my <laughs> there's a ton of teachers in my family and then all of our friends are teachers and stuff and I was just looking around the room and just thinking like and well teachers and nurses is actually who are there and I'm thinking like this room is filled with some of the absolute best purest hearted people that are truly out for just goodness and wanting good things to come from their patients or from their students and it's just baffling and makes me so angry that it's viewed as anything other than that it's just it's wrong it's criminal it's awful mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, i agree and i don't understand why and I've thought about this a lot. I don't understand why teachers are getting the bad, bad rap. There are a few bad apples, but you know, we do yeah. not hear people talking about doctors, you know, that have, have malpractice suits against them or have done something wrong and lost their license. They're not out to get every doctor in America yeah. or to change the laws for them. I mean, why is it that teachers are are getting that rap. And I mean, it seems like those that are in public service are the ones, you know, police officers um, face the same scrutiny that, that teachers do. And, and of course teachers. And so I, I don't know, I just, I don't know what to do to change it. I'm trying to change my little section of the world. Um, and I think, and that's what I encourage my, my teachers at school to do as well. And I think if we just continue to try to change our community, then maybe it will reverberate and, um, you know, ripple through and change and maybe mm -hmm. get back to a place where people realize that teachers do what we do because we love kids 
and we want what's best for them. And, and most teachers would step in front of a gun. I mean, teachers have stepped in front of a gun. Teachers yeah. have, have protected kids from natural disasters. And, um, you know, we're, we're there because we love them and want so much more for them than, than almost anyone except maybe their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, I, I'm curious. You, you teach English. Mm-hmm. And so, sophomore level, as I recall. Is that right? Well, I did teach sophomore level. I've taught junior level for the last three years. Okay. So what is that for you? Why, why that level of, in that subject? What, what is it that brings you back every year teaching English in high school? Well, English um, is because I love the, I love grammar. I love writing. I love teaching kids to, to love grammar, to think about their grammar and, and writing. Of course, the novels, there's life lessons in every novel that go beyond the, the pages of the book and the, the walls of the classroom. I try to make everything relevant to how, you know, how they can apply it to their lives. And so that's always just a lot of fun um, for me and making the kids just roll their eyes going, Swisher, nobody does that on purpose. Nobody does that, you know. <laughs> And so we're reading The Great Gatsby right now and looking at all the symbolism and, and they're like, he didn't really mean to make Tom's color red. It's just, that's the way it really, you know, that's just the way it turned out. And I'm like, no, 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 he, he did. And so we have it having fun conversations. Um, junior level came about, um, I, I, to be honest, I, I volunteered to teach juniors because when I moved to Arizona, um, that first year I taught sophomores here, but Arizona is quite different than Oklahoma in many ways. I feel like that I was like in deja vu land. We went through all that state testing in Oklahoma and, and we've kind of gotten rid of a lot of it as we should in Oklahoma. And then we got, I got here and it was like, oh my gosh, they're still doing all of this state testing. And so the big test was sophomore year here. And I'm like, I'm kind of over all this testing. We got through this in Oklahoma. I didn't really want to do it all again. And so I volunteered to move to junior English when that position came open, thinking I would get out of the state testing. And then that same exact (laughs) summer, they decided that they were going to do away with the 10th grade state test. And they're going to do junior state test, the ACT. Oh, no. And so they said, uh, now Shelly moved to junior level, yeah. so we're going to need to, need to change our perfect. state testing procedure. <laughs> I'm like, I sh- should have done my research um, <laughs> to know that that was coming. But um, it was it's quite funny because I'm like, okay, I'm just doomed to be the teacher that, you know, has to prep for state testing. It's much different, though. I love prepping for the ACT. The, the kids see it as a relevant test. Most of them, you know, they, they need it to go to college. It's not just yeah. some random test um, that they're taking that doesn't really mean anything to them. And so uh, they get it. They want to learn. They want to do well. Most of them. Some of them are, I, some of them are not college-bound, and I'm not mm-hmm. a teacher who believes that every kid should go to college. It's not for everybody. I tell them that too. I'm like, listen, I need some of you to be electricians and plumbers. Yeah. And 
Um, I said, and I need some of you to pick up my trash two days a week. And, um, you know, I'm constantly teasing with them about things like that. But then on a serious note, I'm like, we need welders. We yeah. need yeah. people to, to build in construction. And we need, you know, so I really feel like we need to open that up and make kids not feel guilty or not feel less than for not mm -hmm. wanting to go to college. And so we, and this district does a lot of college prep. We do, um, in my opinion, a little too much sometimes because of those kids that don't want to go to college. And I keep pushing for, um, we need some internships. We need some things that make it relevant to those kids. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, the kids are open to prepping for the ACT and they, they see the relevance. And so that's what, got me to junior year and I yeah. stayed at junior year just because <laughs> I love the kids. I love the age group. They're mature enough. I think the, it's the perfect age of high school because they're old enough that they realize the seriousness of high school, but yet they're not seniors yet. So senioritis hasn't set in. And so they're, they're not like ready to get out of there completely <laughs> yet. So it's, I think it's the perfect age. I, I just love them. And I hope I never have to teach another grade level. Well, that's why I love juniors. I that's love what it. I was thinking, Rick, that yours was juniors. Same, yeah. same rationale. <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're, they're cool. And you're like, we're all in this together. Nobody thinks that they're, you know, like it's just going to get out and be done at the end of the year. So, right. yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, I so you like you like junior level better than sophomore level now? Yes, and it's so okay. funny. I've been sharing with some of the students, I mean, some of the teachers at school who um, uh, we're having a little bit of a shakeup in the grade levels at our school for next year. And um, so I was sharing my story with one of the teachers who's always taught eighth grade, and mm -hmm. she's being asked to move up to ninth grade next year. And I'm like, listen, I bet you money that you will end up loving it. Um, I said, I taught ninth grade for 13 years. The first 13 years I taught ninth grade on level and pre-AP. And we even had basic English at that point in time. That's how old I am. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I would have never switched, but my husband, we thought he was being moved with his job to Tennessee. And so I resigned and thought we were moving and ended up not moving. And so oh, wow. when we figured all that out, there was still an open position at my school, um, but it was for sophomores. And I'm like, I'll take it, I'll take it because I just wanna stay, stay here at the school. And then I taught them for 14 years and thought, I'm never going back to freshman again, ever. And then now that I am at juniors, I'm like, and now I'm never going back to sophomores. <laughs> and so the, the kids ask me every year, will you move up and teach us as seniors? And I'm just like, nope, I can nope. tell that unless I have to, unless I'm told I have to, I won't. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because of senioritis, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Seniors yeah. are like uh, trying to teach a bag of cats. They're exactly. all trying to get Especially out. Especially second and, semester, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're, they're like not they're, happy being there. They're <laughs> not, done. Most of them. Most of right. them. Right. Yeah. And, well, and they've got their college applications done. They've decided where they're going. Most of them have their sure. scholarships. And, and they're ready to go. And I just remind them that, listen, you have to have this piece of paper before you can get, you know, enrolled. Yeah. That's 
organization or that university. And some and, are 18 and some of them, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've had students that uh, were independent from their parents. They'd gone through that process of, I can't remember what it's called, but the, they were literally their own person. Right. And they really did not care for being a student and being right. told when they could and couldn't go to the bathroom. And part of me was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get I it. Get yeah, yeah, I get that. Yep. Um, I know I was talking to one of my kiddos from last year. She's a senior this year. And I was talking to her about graduation and, and some things she was needing my help with. And I said, well, I just need your, your parents to know. And she says, Miss Swisher, I'm 18. I don't need my parents to. And I'm like, you are absolutely right. But wow, you know what? Yeah. Out of courtesy for your parents, let's have them message me anyway. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, they get to 18 and they think they're adults and can do their thing regardless. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, I am an elementary teacher. That's where I've been. And so y'all talking about high school and senioritis, it honestly kind of makes my heart beat a little fast. I'm like, oh, okay. So I want to hear about, you know, how you build your classroom culture with those old kids who are like adults and stuff. Like, I want to hear what's important to you. How do you do that? All of it. Well, every year at the beginning, my goal is always and has been I don't know, For I think for as long as I've taught, I think maybe except for the first year when I had a six week old baby at home and um, I was teaching three preps and doing cheerleaders my first year. I'm not sure wow. I did it that year, but I think beginning probably my second or third year, I've always had this goal that I need to know who these kids are outside of my, the four walls of my classroom. If I'm truly gonna make a relationship, if I'm truly gonna have any kind of bond, if they're going to know how much I really care, then I've got to see them do something that they're, they're passionate about, something that they can excel at, especially those kids that may not excel in English. It may not be their, their best subject. And I need to, to have that reminder. I need to have that experience where, you know what, they may not can write the best argumentative essay in, in the, the nation, but you know what, they are a great dancer or mm. they are a great athlete or they are a great, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I try really hard to go to at least one event for every student every year outside wow. of, of the classroom. And it's difficult, it gets more difficult as, the, as I get older because <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Um and the last couple of years, it's been even harder because I teach a 6.30 class. We teach, a, we have a zero wow. hour class. And so I have to be at work at six. And so some of the games go rather late, but the, the dividends still outweigh, outweigh any negatives as mm. far as um, losing a little bit of sleep here and there. But I will go and I will tell them, you will hear me cheering for you from the sidelines. You just listen for my voice. And so I usually do something obnoxious and scream at them <laughs> at least once or twice. And um, just to let them know that I'm there. And, and um, or I will stay after like the drama performance and, and hug their necks and say, great job. Or, you know, which scene was your, your favorite? Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like we just had a, a our drama performed Cinderella was their musical this year and I had a young girl who I 
she probably hasn't said 10 words honestly all year long. And when she has spoken to me, it's been just to me and it's been almost a whisper. Mm -hmm. But yet she was on that stage having a part. And I was like, so amazed. I was just yeah. like, oh, gosh, what in the world? I had no idea. And she says, that's where I can be somebody else for oh, a little yeah. while. And um, so it gives me something to talk with them about, something mm -hmm. besides English. When, we, when they come in the next day, I can say, oh, my gosh, I saw you, that, that, that triple um, that you, you hit last night, that was awesome. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that ref called that particular call for you. Or, um, you know, just something to engage them and talk with them about about something they're passionate about that's something that's important to them because i truly believe that if i if they know that i care about what they do outside the classroom then they're going to do what i care about inside the classroom mm. and i think again it, it just pays dividends it just mm -hmm. um they will move the mountain they will move mountains for you if they know that you care and that's what those older kids and i think that's one of the reasons why i love them so much at this time of the year, they're going, I got you, Swish. I got you. You know, they'll come in where the, the administrators will come in to do evaluations. And, and they're like, we got you, Swish. We got you. You know, we'll do it. <laughs> and um, because you've got that relationship with them, it's not easy for many of these kids. Um, they don't trust. They're, they're you know, ex the older they get, especially those that come from, from homes that are not what we think as ideal um, they've got some trust issues and mm -hmm. they have their, they've had their hearts broken mm. and, um, they, you know, wonder if, if you're really being real or if it's just fake kind of thing. And so it's a little harder with some, you just have to keep keeping on just a little conversation here and a little conversation there or a, a pat on the back here or a smile there or a little note on their paper and I just keep keep keeping on all year long and and hopefully you know I at least can can have a moment at at one point where they know that I care it's a good point that any any person in in a child's life has to earn the trust and the older mm -hmm. they get the less trust they have likely because they've been burned by a parent relative boss whatever and mm -hmm they make you some of them some of them really make you earn it but you mm -hmm. have to be a good person and they have great detectors that will tell them i cannot trust this person they're being nice to me today but i know that tomorrow mm -hmm. they're they'll cut me if if they get a chance and so it's it's in it's important for a teacher to realize that you can't mm -hmm. pretend you have right. to legitimately care um, over the long term, and you'll get them at some point. Yeah. Um, and some can't be got. You, you, some kids are the walls too thick, too high, and you can't reach them. You know, you just hope that they have a, a safe space to be in uh, in your classroom. But I, what I remember that was most impactful for me, that really spoke volumes about kids, uh, today's kids, because people talk about oh, kids today. Oh. There's, you know, they're, they're lazy or they complain too much or whatever. I saw them as desperately searching for something that was real and authentic and valuable. 
And yep. I offered an opportunity in my class because I was really into providing clean water in, in Africa. And so we did this uh, fundraising thing for a month and they couldn't wait to help. They just couldn't wait. It was incredible to watch. And so we started doing more of that. And we, we started collecting clothes at Thanksgiving when it was getting cold uh, and for, for the homeless and stuff. And the kids clamored to help and, you know, and to help take the, the clothes down to the, uh, to the shelter and stuff like that. And it was, it was, to me, it was like, okay, these kids are real and they're, they have that beautiful humanity inside them. But they just, they don't get down with a lot of BS, you know, if they're going to invest their time, because they could right. be playing video games, for goodness sake, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. You know, but if it's real, you'll see those kits just light up. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And it, that, that was beautiful for me to watch. Yeah, I agree. And, and for the ones that we can't reach, I mean, as teachers, I think we have to remember to not take it personally, too. I think it's important that teachers remember that they're humans, that they've been through, you know, some of them have been through a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma. And so we, we can't be offended. We just have to keep like chipping away and hope and pray that if we're not the one that makes that big impact or is the big inspiration that another teacher will do that. And that, you know, we just hope and pray that someone will will inspire that kiddo and, and do something to let that kiddo know he's he's worthy and that he's capable um, to do great things in life, regardless of the past from which they've they've come. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's you know, that's my goal every day. I, I pray three things every morning, you know, to 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 love the kids the best that I can love them, that they can feel my love through, through God. And two, that I can teach in ways they learn and understand. And three, that I can be whatever they need me to be that day. If it's a smile, if it's a pat on the back, if it's an encouraging note, if it's, you know, just understanding and grace. I think that's the other thing as high school teachers, especially, and probably middle school too, that, um, that sometimes overreacting will will totally d diminish if not take away everything that you've you've built and so you also have to remember that they're humans that they're going to do dumb things that they're going to make mistakes that they're going to need grace and we expect our students to give us as teachers grace and we need to do the same same thing and so when you have that relationship with your kids when you really know who your kids are in your classroom and they're having a bad day, you can tell, you know, you know when mm -hmm. to not call on them, you know when, when they're, um, when, oh, that maybe when they need to, to go take a walk around the hall or when they need a timeout, when they just need to, um, to do something out of the norm, so to speak, because you know it's just not really, Oh, what am I trying to say? Like, um, oh, I, I'm trying to, to give a scenario without giving names. I had this just <laughs> happen the other day, and I had a young lady who I could tell was, this was not her typical self. And I would just, 
got the class to work in and I just walked up and whispered in her ear, are you okay? And she just immediately burst into tears and said, no. And so I think when you've got that relationship, you know, it's like having kids of your own, you know, when they're not in the right mood, you know, when they're not in the right frame of mind. Um, and I think that's so important as teachers. Now you don't get that without creating that relationship without getting to know who your kids are. So yeah. investing the time to make those relationships will pay off in so many ways um, throughout the year. And you'll see so much when you're just aware, you know, just being aware. And then for the kid that isn't right, the worst thing, like to have something happen between second and third hour, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go into third hour and you just have to marinate in that. And so you're deep into your head. And for mm -hmm. somebody, your teacher, to come up and say, listen, I need you to run this upstairs to Mrs. So-and-so real quick. That's a gift. They can get right. out of their head, get into their body a little bit, move around, and just get into a different space. Um, mm -hmm. But to watch a kid kind of spiral inward, you know, in their desk, when you know, like you saw, you saw that kid, you knew something was up. And the best thing you could mm -hmm. do is get them out of the room for a minute, <laughs> go to the bathroom, right. clean yourself up, come back. Yeah. All good. Yeah. yeah. Go take a walk, take a deep breath. Yeah, I, I think, and that's another reason why I think I like the older kids, because at this point in the year, they, they know, they don't even have to come and ask. They just give me a look, like, I need to go, and I just shake my head and nod, and, and they go, um, because we have that kind of relationship at this point in yeah. the year, and, and they know my expectations, and they know what's going to happen if they, you know, don't abide by those expectations. There will be consequences, because... You know, I, I run a pretty strict classroom, but it's one under, you know, like like those of us who are parents. We love our children, and we're going to do whatever is best for them, but at the same time, they're going to get consequences when they don't do what they know they're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and at this point in the year, I mean, the consequences are few and far between because the relationships are there. The right. respect yeah. is there. And, um, and that's what I love about these older older kids you, okay. can, you can have that with them and so building teacher, those relationships are it's beneficial for the classroom management even it's not i mean for getting to know your kids and building that rapport and all of those important relationships is important but like you just said like it alleviates it takes away so many classroom management issues when your kids trust you and know that you are there for them and they are wanting to show up they're wanting to show up as their best selves there. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what I tell new teachers. Yeah, you may be giving up a couple of hours of your week to go see these, these programs or these sporting events at school, but man, the time that you're gonna get back in class over the course yeah. of the year is gonna far outweigh, outweigh those few hours. And plus it just gives us time to, you know, like I said, get out of, get out of our own little routine and go, go enjoy yeah. something with the kids. It makes us feel younger too. Yeah. <laughs> and be strategic. Go to the football game and knock out about 30% of, yes. of your kids. Exactly. Or choir yeah. concert when there choir. are nine, Boom. Of your, you know, nine of the 12 <laughs> kids are in your class. So yes, um, I do do that. And in fact, a few weeks ago, I told my husband, I've got to go to this girl's flag football 
game because it's the last home one and I've got like eight girls on there. And so I can knock out these eight here yeah. in this one, one fell swoop. So yes, it is possible. You have to, you do have to plan because otherwise in a school, especially larger schools, you would be going somewhere every night. Yeah. And that's why I tell them, I make it clear one event per year is what I promise. If I can get to more, I will. Um, but I think that one time is enough as long as I, and I, and while I'm there, I try really hard to remember one specific thing that the kiddo did or said that way we can have that conversation as a starting mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Okay. Just the practical, I have a question about the practicality of it. How do you schedule this out? Do you ask kids for their schedules? I mean, I know a lot of it, they're doing school sports and stuff like that. So you know that, but people who are, you know, having recitals or dance competitions, you know, how do you plan for all of that? Well, I tell them that my, they have to give me, a, you know, at least a few days notice. I'm like, if you tell me today that you have something tonight, I can pretty yeah. much tell you it's not happening. <laughs> One that I, cause I'm a planner and I need to make sure that, you know, um, I kind of set myself up for some of these things emotionally, mentally, or that, you know, it doesn't interfere with my own home life or things that I've mm -hmm. got in church. They understand that as the, the older kids, for sure, they, they get that. Um, but for like example, I went to, oh, I had a kiddo going, his, his sister was going on a mission with the LDS church. And so he wanted me to come. And so he gave me an, he actually gave me an invitation and told me a couple of weeks out so that I could, um, go attend that. And then, um, there was a hockey game that we don't have school hockey. And so I had to drive over into, I don't remember if it was Gilbert or Chandler or wherever it it was but it was a Saturday and so I, he gave me his schedule a couple weeks in advance and so my husband and I went and watched him play hockey over there and so yeah it's, it's the practicality they, they have to give give, uh, give me a, a notice and mm -hmm. I tell them if you want me to come I promise I will come as long as you give me enough heads up and it does not have to be school related so yeah I've attended piano recitals and um, Oh, and I forget what you call it, but the sword ceremony in the, into the uh, Marines. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. One of those. And so I've done all kinds of things, but, <laughs> um, you know, they just usually, if you'll, if you have one or two start inviting and you show up, then the rest just start going, Hey, Mr. Yeah. Richard, you want to come to, or, Hey, I've got this. And, you know, and they try to make it look like, you know, kind of ask it like, would you like to come instead of, I would really like for you to come. <laughs> and, um, but you know that they want you there. Yeah. And it means a lot. And I try to catch the parents while I'm there and, you know, just brag on their kids a little bit. So often parents only hear from teachers when, you know, something is wrong at school. And so while I'm there, I try to say, hey, are you so-and-so's? you know, mom, and I'll talk to them a little bit or tell them something funny that's happened in class. And um, I went to a baseball game a few weeks ago and the kids were hollering Swisher as I went by and one of the moms went, oh, are you Mrs. Swisher? And I'm like, yes. And I'm always kind of hesitant because you never know um, right. if they're going to be mad or, you know, corner you or gripe at you about something. And so I was like, yes. And she's like, oh, I'm so-and-so's mom. He talks about you every night at dinner. And so it's so nice to, to have a face to put with your name. And I was like, 
okay. And I kind of jokingly said, well, I hope he's saying nice things about me at dinner, <laughs> not spending your, your family time. And so it, it, it's fun to, you know, get to talk to parents and, and just brag on their kids a little bit. Every parent wants to hear, you know, something good. And, and so a few years ago, I started doing exactly that. I started writing good news from school cards and now it's emails. I started with postcards a few years ago and now I just send home periodically. I, I try to do a couple a week. Um, and I always put in the subject line concerns about or concerning, concerning, you know, Johnny Appleseed or who, whatever the kid's name is. And, and they always are like, Ooh, I was so afraid to open that. And then they, <laughs> open I just want to brag on your, your kiddo oh. a little bit. And so, Again, it's just things to let them know that I'm here for them. You know, I'm mm -hmm. here. I'm in their corner. I'm on the same team. I want, um, I want the same things for your kiddo as, as you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're, you're building relationships with the family as well. Yes. So when, when I do that, and then if something does go wrong in the classroom, I've had that positive note already that mm -hmm. positive interaction and so i can say hey you know i need your help with something in the classroom yeah. i'm having issues with him keeping us not keeping his phone in his backpack or whatever the case may be and parents are usually like i'll take care of it miss wisher uh you yeah. can be sure <laughs> if it happens again let me know because they they do know the positive yeah and parents love to hear things about their kids that are positive anything it just it's like they see their child and it's just nice to have that reflected back to them in how other people see them mm -hmm. again if it's positive <laughs> if it's not right. positive it's not it's a drag but uh <laughs> teachers have a really good opportunity to say you know you i just love seeing your kid walk into my class uh every day they're just they're mm -hmm. always smiling they don't talk to me, but they did. They talk to their little group, and they just they light up their little group, and it, that kind of stuff, man, it's gold to a parent. It is. Yeah. And and I think as teachers, I think it's important that we remember that those kiddos are are the their parents' whole world, mm -hmm. and um, so if we can look at that kiddo, and remember that someone loves that child more than life itself. It yeah. kind of puts a different spin on how mm -hmm. we interact with that kid, how we treat that kiddo, how we love or not love, or how we deal with that kiddo on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's a little more difficult because there are some kids that they're just trying. They're going to yeah. try us, but those are often the kids who need our attention and our love the most. And so we have to remember, we have to remember that as teachers and when I do remember that and remind myself, hey, that's somebody's whole world sitting there in that seat, I mm -hmm. then can immediately have a whole different attitude adjustment mm -hmm. and take care of that situation in a completely different way than, than my first, you know, um, my first instinct might have, yeah. have been. And um, again, it goes back to relationships. It goes back to relationships with, with your kids and even with the parents and then remembering who those kids are sitting in your classroom. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. What do you hope your kids 
think of when they think of you? I, you know, I've been asked this question several times in my life, and I, my, honestly, the very first thing and, and the only thing, I, I hope they know that I cared. That, that's my number one thing, is that, you know, Miss Wisher was a teacher. She cared about us, and she loved us. Um, she wanted what was best for us. And um, I tell them, you know what, if you learn some English along the way, great. <laughs> but, you know, my biggest thing is to know that you've got someone in your corner. If, and I tell yeah. them, I go through this PowerPoint presentation with them at the end of the year, every year, and I go back to all of the literature that we've read and um, the stories we've read, and I kind of pull in the a life lesson, okay? Remember to, you know, Atticus Finch, stand up for, you know, always stand up for what's right, even if you're the only person standing. And I will pull in a little life lesson and from each one, and then I'll tell them, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here. It doesn't matter if it's next week, next year, five years from now, um, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And you mean it. Yeah. I can tell that you mean it. Like your heart means it. Your <laughs> eyes mean it. You mean it. So I can't help but feel like they feel it, you know, like yeah. they know you mean it. And that's so special and powerful. Mm. Yeah, and, and like I said, I hope they do. That That's always my prayer. And yeah. they know that. Sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> Especially those kids who don't have those those people at home or in their lives that love and care mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. You are that one. Yeah. If yeah. I can be that one, then man, everything, every hard thing in this job is completely worth it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Thank that's a you. teacher heart right there. Yeah. Yes. That's a teacher heart. Sorry. I always say I'm going to do these things and, and not cry. And yeah, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Your heart just loves too big. You can't yeah. help it overflow. I know. When you start talking about my kids and, and the impact that I hope I make. And, and I think it goes back to, Rick, what you were asking at the very beginning. What keeps us here? Those of us long timers, those of us who keep on keeping on, I think, I think that's it. That we can make that difference in that one life. Yeah. You know, and even if it's just one a year. You know, even if it's only one a year, and I pray it's many more than that, but if it's that one a year, then you know what? That entire year would would be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. anyway. I love that you're a teacher. <laughs> I'm so glad you're a teacher. You yeah, are wonderful. Oh, well. Just I, I four, four more years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got four it. Four more years. Downhill time. <laughs> Like, oh, I've got this in me for now, but let me tell you, it gets a little harder. And as I get older, I get more emotional for sure about yeah. it. Um, the more years you put in, the more you realize how important it is that, that you love on these kids and that you make a difference in their lives um, outside of curriculum. You know, curriculum is mm -hmm. important. It's important that they learn the standards and the skills that they need. But, you know, even more so that they've got to know that they've got somebody who loves and cares about them yes. because the, the rest of it doesn't mean anything um, if, if, you, if they don't know that you care. I, I hate to use cliches and adages, you know, old adages, but it is so true that 
the old statement with teachers, they don't know how, they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Yeah. I spend a lot of time at the beginning of the year building relationships, getting to know kids, having them fill out questionnaires, um, you know, just about small things. What TV shows do you watch? What movie, what genre of movies do you like to go to? That way, if there's some big movie that comes out during the year, then I can bring that up. Or um, what's your favorite restaurant? And and that's been really easy since I've lived here because I don't know any places around here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you learned some stuff. Me, yeah, tell me what to do if I want to do this. And I think it's it's easy. I think it's easier done than what a lot of teachers think it is just to get yeah. to know your kids. I don't think and it's I love that hard. Yes. I've loved that you've given so many just practical questions to ask and practical things to do. Like I think you are for teachers that maybe it isn't just a natural thing, you know, that is more, more introverted people or anything. Um, I think it's so good and valuable what you have given in this episode and just talking to them. I mean, practical things that teachers can do to start making those deep, meaningful, genuine connections with their kids. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's got to it. be intentional. It, you, yeah. It's got to be, you know, absolutely intentional. Now, some, some of it can happen by accident, but if you're, if a teacher is going to build relationships with their kids it's got to be a priority and i and i yeah. tell my new teachers every year take at least one day a week and just chit chat with your kids you yeah know, take the time to do that and, yeah because i said you'll be amazed at what they'll tell you um yeah. in fact i told my husband i came home the other day and said okay there are days that they tell me way more than i want yeah. to know <laughs> um, especially at this point in the year where they're feeling really secure and really safe and know that they can within reason and appropriateness say say more than what they certainly would have said at the beginning of the year but it, it's got to be intentional because it's not yeah. just going to happen yeah um, it you know you're you get busy there's so many standards to cover there's so much to do there's so much curriculum and and then of course you know the You've got the administrator saying, teach bell to bell and, and do this, do that, do this, do that. And so you have to work it in. It has to, to be something that you put into your lesson plans and you actually remember to, to do each week yeah. or each day, depending on yeah. how it works. And at this point in the year, it'll start coming naturally because you've done it um, intentionally all year. And at this point it just kind of becomes part of your classroom culture, kind of your classroom environment. Mm -hmm. That's good. But that in little investment of time allows the rest of the classroom to be of the class period to be efficient and to run, right. you know, right. rather than being a 50, 50 split of just trying to, you know, put out fires all hour. Exactly. I know, yeah. and, we, and we have teachers at school who are struggling with classroom management, and I am like, okay, tell me about this student. You know, what do you know about them? And, and most They're a of jerk. The time, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't care. They don't want to learn. I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell me, what kind of home life are they coming from? How many siblings do they have? Is something going on at home? Are they working till midnight every night? I, 
again, and I think that's another thing for high school teachers, especially sophomores, juniors, and seniors. If these kids are working 30, 40 hours a week, you've got to make sure that you take that into consideration mm. with yeah. your assignments and with how much time you're giving them to, to complete things. And so I think it's just all about being aware and being reminded that they're not just coming to school six hours a day and going home and doing homework all evening. It's, it's, we don't live in that kind of a world anymore. The world has changed and these kids are responsible for helping their families or um, a myriad of responsibilities. And so I think, again, that helps build relationships when you're aware of those things mm -hmm. and you are cognizant enough to, to have sympathy. Okay, you know what? I know you guys have um, AP testing tomorrow, so I'm not giving you any homework tonight so you can concentrate on AP testing or I know there's a huge football game tonight. We're in the playoffs, and I expect all of you to go there. And so we're going to postpone this assignment, and I'm going to make it due, you know, two days from now rather than tomorrow. I think right. little things like that also help you build build a culture in your classroom where they know that you care besides, you know, about them and not just what's going on in your classroom. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and sometimes you can do that on purpose. Sometimes you know those things in advance and you can say, oh, this is going to be due tomorrow. And then you can go in and go, oh, you know what? No, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really gracious and give you these, you know, give you this deadline date of three days from now. And be the hero. Know, yeah, they don't know any different. And yet it, you come out looking like the good guy and, and you, you've planned it all along, but yet you're building that rapport. That's good. And so, like I said, it doesn't have to be hard. Um, it does take some time and it does take some planning and some intent, but you can have a classroom that is safe, that is fun, that is, you know, one of compassion and caring and respect without having a lot of, of issues. If you will just sit back and think about what's important to the kids and, and how you can Get to know them. Get to know who they are. My, my principals know I have not written a referral um, from my classroom in, the, in probably the three years that I've been here. Wow. Um, I, occasionally, there will be mandatory referrals, like if they get too many tardies or yeah. that sort of thing. But it's because of the relationships that I've built and the grace that I give. When I know that kids are having issues outside their home like for example I've got a young lady right now that her mom is really sick and is in and out of the hospital and she's the oldest child so when mom is in the hospital guess who has to take care of siblings mm. you know it, it's this young lady and so she knows at this point in the year she says my mom's in the hospital again and it is a, a frequent occurrence mm. um, and she says so can I turn this in a day late because I need to help my little brothers and sisters with their homework tonight and then I've got it you know yesterday she missed school or Friday she missed school because she had to go get her mom from the hospital and so you know you begin to to realize those things and, and they will share with you those things if you have that relationship with them from the beginning of the year yeah. I, I just yep. can't preach it enough I just that's the one thing I tell kids if you have a a relationship with your kids you're, you're not going to have that many issues. You're yeah. 
I like it. Well, folks, we didn't even talk about this officially. We talked about Shelly being in the book, but we haven't even said exactly how we know Shelly. So Rick, why don't you share about that connection and how we can find Shelly? Yeah, so Shelly is in the Relate and Educate book. Um, and, you know, there's so much wisdom there. Obviously, if you've listened to this episode, you, you know that. And so you can read more about Shelly in the book and her experiences as a teacher and her wisdom as uh, from teaching. And, uh, yeah, that's coming out in August. And uh, I want everybody to get, get a copy so that they can read up on Shelly and the other 15 teachers that shared their experiences as well. Yes. We can't yeah. wait. It's so good. Shelly, I loved your chapter. It's so good. It just, it paints your heart so well. Like, like you painted it for us today. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> well, that's, that's always my prayer. Like I said, always my prayer that the kids know how much I love and care about them and that I can make a difference and it was so cool to open up that book and see my name there in, in print <laughs> i was like oh my gosh i had no idea how it was all gonna play out but it was better than i ever would have thought or dreamed and so of course my kids were awesome. like you authored a book and i'm like no 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 <laughs> it's a chapter about my story that they wrote and so it was really 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 cool to be part of that and uh, to be part of inspiring teachers. I, I, we've got mm. to do a better job of inspiring teachers and giving them the tools they need to make this job. It's hard. I told one of mm -hmm. my new teachers last week, I said, I wish I could tell you um, that this job would eventually become easy. He's a first year teacher. He has struggled all year long. He is so ready for school to be over. He said, this has been really hard, Shelly. And I'm like, yeah, I, and I wish I could tell you that it would someday not be hard. It is hard. It's hard emotionally, it's hard physically, it's hard mentally. But I said, there are so many ways it will get easier, but it will never mm -hmm. be an easy job. And yeah. so as a society, we've got to do what we can to, to take away the things that are not necessary that you know, teachers are spending their time on when they could be spending time getting to know kids, getting to um, make a difference in kids' kids' lives, and that's my goal. Yeah. That's what I want to do after I retire. Somehow, some way, I want to I want to work with teachers and and help them make a difference. I love it. Yeah, you should. You should. You really should. Definitely. That's if I have any energy left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe take a couple months and catch your breath. Yeah, then... take a while. I've got a grandbaby on the way, so my first grandbaby ever, so I don't know. We, I may change my mind and just decide that I'm just going to spoil that grandbaby nonstop, but we'll see. And you have yeah. every right to do that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, let me close with our last two questions. Our first question is just for you, Shelly. If you had one minute to go back and chat with your former self before she walked into her very first classroom 31 years ago, what would you say to her in one minute? This is going to be totally worth it. It's going to be ah, hard. Every day it's going to be hard. You're going to cry many tears. You're going to laugh many laughs, but it's going to be totally, totally worth it in the end. Truly. I think that's what I would say. I like it. All right. And then my next question is, what is anything that you have 
um, consumed or enjoyed lately that you want to recommend to our audience? It doesn't have to be teacher related. It can be anything you want. Okay, I'll go first. Mine is Chimp Empire on Netflix. It's a documentary about chimpanzees on Netflix. Have you guys seen it? No. No. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Your heart will break. You will laugh. You will cry. Everything. It's not it is not what I was expecting. Like there's this one time when this one chimp gets killed by another chimp from an opposing tribe, or I, I can't remember what they call the different groups, but <laughs> oh, it just, it's amazing. I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, they're so human and they're so fascinating and the emotion and the emotional capability of these chimpanzees is just beyond. Oh, I couldn't where, recommend it more. Where can you find it? Netflix. Netflix. Gotcha. Yes. It's okay. so, what is it so called good. again? Chimp Empire. Yeah, I don't know if it I sounds want to watch awesome. something that's sad. <laughs> well, it's good. It is sad, but it's just like getting to experience their I existence. Love, yeah. I love to. Well, those are my favorite animals at the zoo, so I will have to, to watch You that. need to watch it. It's <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. It's I, so good. All right, Rick, what about you? I have been rewatching Chef's Table, the the pizza version, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I it was over the weekend, and I I don't know, I I cruised through like five episodes, and you know, I like pizza, I like making pizza, but and I had already watched it probably twice, but I just I I went through all the episodes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. Did you learn anything of, new, or have any things you want to try? Oh, I did, and I tried a new recipe last night, and it what was, was it? pretty great. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's <laughs> it's um, it's got tomato compote, and I'm I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it's basically just a um, the tomato sauce w without a lot of moisture in it, okay. uh, which is even a bad description. Anyway, <laughs> I saw it, and then I researched how to make it, and I made it last night, and it was great. And I ate the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. No, that's, uh, that's, I love that. And I've loved making pizza for years. And so I don't, it's kind of a weird obsession. It's yeah. great. All right, Shelly, how about you? Well, I'm sitting here trying to think. I mean, my AP test is tomorrow. My kids are taking their AP test tomorrow. So I'm like, I've been consumed um, True. Yeah. AP and watching videos for AP to help them out. I think, I guess I would say my, if what little downtime I have is I'm rewatching Heartland on Netflix for like the third time, I think. Um, it's just a good show that I can just kind of like veg and not yeah. think about and just good and clean. And so I guess that's what I would. I yeah. would. Yeah. In those moments, like I said, being an English teacher and an AP Lang teacher, I don't have a lot of downtime. Um, usually I let my husband choose what he wants to watch, and it's usually something to do with a car, and then I just sit here and grade papers. So <laughs> while he watches his testosterone TV is what I call it. Do you yeah. guys watch Formula One by chance? Um, he's not huge on Formula One. He'll okay. watch it if it's on, but he... He loves like Meekum auto auctions and he mm -hmm. loves all of those um, Jackson Barrett and then NASCAR. He's huge NASCAR. Okay. And, and then all of the like building cars and, and 
fixing them up and all of that. And so all that. He's a car guy for sure. He, I married car a car guy. guy. <laughs> I tell him he missed his calling for sure. He should have done something yeah. in, with cars. But yeah, he indulges <sighs> me and lets me watch Hallmark or Heartland every um, <laughs> I love American Idol and, Survi and Survivor. So I Survivor! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Survivor is so good this season. I yeah. Carolyn, oh my gosh, my heart grows when she's on the screen. I she, love her. But she is crazy. She is absolutely she is. crazy. <laughs> she is. Yes. But oh I just the weirdness, I couldn't love her weirdness I know. more. I, love I know. Her. She is just who she is. She's real. She's yeah. for sure yeah. just real. And I love that about her. So yeah, I do in indulge myself with those two, two shows for sure. Every week. Kind of I love meeting life. a survivor yeah, fan. Yes. Yeah. I love, I, I don't know that I've ever missed an, a, a, a season. So, I watched season one. I was in 10th grade. I've been watching one? it. I watched season one. Yeah. I, I think, you know yeah. what, now that you say that, I don't think I watched season one. Cause I don't, I didn't, that's the Richard Hatch season, right? Richard or, Hatch. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. watch that season, but I started with season two and I've watched it every year since. Gotcha. I don't yeah. know how they do it. I couldn't, I would last about 12 hours. And then <laughs> no I'd kidding. Go, I'm going home out. See yep. ya. No kidding. I'm a fan of watching it. Not have any, do not have any desire to participate in it Me at all. Either. Me either. I don't know, Aaron, you, you started to go camping. So you may. That you is know, true. Maybe I'm a survivor in training. That's Maybe right. <laughs> I don't camp either. Just unless a matter of time. RV with a locking door and an inside toilet and an air conditioner. So <laughs> count me out on that too. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Oh, Shelly, this was so fun to get to meet you and talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It was, like I said, I hope, I hope that um, I can inspire teachers. And that's the reason I... I told Rick, I said, this is so out of my comfort zone. These are not things that I would normally do, but if I can brag on Miss Wilkie and inspire another yeah. teacher to form those relationships with kids, I it will be worth it. So Love it. Yeah. Love it. I love All it. All right. All well, right. Thank thanks, you, Shelly. It was good to see you again. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. Please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com. If you'd like us to come to your school, great. Go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about. And we'd love to come meet your teachers. Also on our site, you can visit our events page. We have some excellent workshops and really cool events that we are currently planning. We cannot wait for these things. Oh, they're going to be exciting. Also, you can check out our Teacher Voices page, which is exactly what it sounds like, Teacher Voices. It's a wonderful resource of teacher stories, teacher experiences, just all you can hear teacher voices. And it's a great way you can connect with them. You can learn and hear from other teachers. So check out our website, relatheneducate.com. We are always looking for more teachers to talk to. And you have a story worthy of sharing. Yes, you. I'm talking to you, teacher. You may not think you do, but oh, do you? And we want to meet you. We want to talk to you on the podcast. And even if you're like, oh, I don't have anything, which I know you do. 
I know you know of a teacher who has a great story, who has great experiences and lessons that we could learn from. So you could also let us know their name, their information, and we would love to reach out to them and see if they want to be on our show. So reach out to us on our website, or you can email me at Erin, E-R-I-N, at RelateThenEducate.com, and I will get back to you. I am so excited always to meet new teachers. Have you pre-ordered your copy of the Relate Then Educate book? Because you need to. You really, really do. The Relate Then Educate book is wonderful. It is a bunch of different teacher stories. And they're getting out there. And we can't wait. So if you haven't pre-ordered your copy, you need to do it. You can pre-order it anywhere where you order you know, your books and stuff from. We will, le- we will release the book this summer. All right, finally, please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us, like us, leave a review. It helps us grow. It helps us be seen. Please do that. All right, finally, teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable and you are loved. Bye.